Welcome back to the show, episode number 37, 2020 in hindsight, with my beautiful, lovely wife, Nikki. Hey, look, uh, if you're sensitive to the topic of 2020 and everything involved, this might not be the one for you. All right, uh, we, we kind of, I'm doing a mini-series talking to different people about their experiences through 2020 from January to December, everything they thought, what they went through personally, you know, the 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 tragedies, the triumphs and all that. And in this one, me and Nikki talk about kind of how we did it together. And she actually divulges a lot about what she went through in, um, in her uh, profession as a nurse and kind of opened up about that and really gives a little bit of insight into what several nurses, many nurses across the country were experiencing, I think. So, you know, I hope you enjoy again. If, if, if we don't go too hard or nothing, but if you're a little sensitive to it, just don't, don't, don't listen to this one. That's all right. But, you know, share with your friends and family. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Welcome back to the studio, honey. Chicka chicka what? You're such a <laughs> dork. So uh finally the kids are asleep before ten o'clock. Yeah, but the process getting there was very difficult. It took like three hours. It did. Penny is a little badass. Well, I mean she takes after her father, so like I, she didn't take a nap all day. Before we get into the topic, we'll just we've been trying to record for at least like two months, and, and a couple of things either happen. I pass out. The kids stay awake and don't pass out, or I pass out, or Nikki passes out. Which it, that's the the third one is a rarity of when me and the kids are both, or the kids are asleep. I'm awake and she's asleep. That's that's the big rarity there. Usually. Usually uh, kids go to sleep, I go to sleep, and then you're hanging out like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, so we're finally here tonight, and you know, we're talking about, there's a couple of things I'd want to do. One, one, the military child month kind of passed, but we'll, we'll get back to that because you're a military child, and there's some topics I want to talk to you about it, but you know, we'll get there next year. <laughs> <laughs> but then the second one I wanted to talk to you about was... um. You know, uh, it's like this little mini series I'm, I want to do. And, I, you know, I think it's best to start here in house, you know, uh, as they say, literally, literally <laughs> and talk about, uh, you know, I got a, like a corny name for it. Hindsight 2020. No, you got to do the voice of it. Hindsight, hindsight 2020. 2020. <laughs> On today's episode, we talk to the Moors and how last year was fucked up <laughs> it wasn't all fucked up no it wasn't it was we like half fucked up half great as i think that's a little generous maybe and it wasn't even that fucked up for us for a lot of people it was yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty fucked yeah, yeah there's some fucked up moments in there that we'll get into maybe but mostly just we want to talk about like uh you know being that we're next june second now as we record this we're a full year and couple months past the um 
Yep. It's actually been a year since, almost a year since I've been in the ICU. Yes, uh, almost a year since you've been in the ICU. Mm-hmm. But it's been a year and some months since the two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> that we couldn't <laughs> even get right. It was so simple. Yeah, but I mean, there's also like, I think, um, wasn't, don't you think that, that was a little bit of a... Uh, it's a stretch. Like, you can't flatten the curve right. until you have, like... A fucking curve to begin with. Well, like an actual resolution. Well, yeah. Which, but also, like, data to show where the curve is at and how we're going to yeah, flatten it. I mean, it. we had no idea how to battle this thing. So, like, two weeks to figure out this virus, we have no history of. That's right. a little... Right. So then, you know, we'll, we'll just... We'll start at the beginning which was December 2019, where we think we might have actually had it, maybe. Yeah, it started with you, because you came back from... Did you come back from travel or something? No, we're in Sedona on leave. Yeah, and you were the first one coughing. Yes. Like, early December. And then you passed it on to the kids. The kids had the cough for two months. Yeah. And then I got it, and I was, like, feeling like shit, but I was still going to work. Yeah. And, you know, this was, so I had been tracking this since, like, the October time frame when it was in the news in China and whatnot, right? And I've just been kind of looking at it because there was memes out there about the lab in Wuhan where it is, right? And how it has the umbrella symbol. <laughs> and I was like, yep, this is fucking uh, Resident Evil. Like, this is the video game is all about Umbrella Corporation and how they're, like, developing the zombie monsters and this and that. If you play the video game or watch the movies, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, go check it out. But I was like, oh, that's funny. Not funny. Like, this is how video co- video games become real life. I mean, I had been tracking it, too, because, I mean, we have a lot of infectious disease doctors that do their rotation through the ICU, and they'll talk about it. Yeah. And then, I mean, they'll straight up say, I mean, we don't know how to, we don't know anything about it, but I think we should be all right. Yeah. (laughs) And it led to this big-ass pandemic, and you're just like, the fuck you say? Yeah, like, like, what did you say? What, How many months ago? So then, like you said, we, we've never been tested. We don't know for sure. But it's just kind of like that. All the, all the signs are there that we might have had it in December. Yeah. Going into I, January. I've never been able to, like, run the same. You don't think so? No, I'm yeah. always, like, short of breath. I mean, like, I can still run the distance. But yeah. I mean. I don't, I don't know if I feel... I don't know. I think I feel the same. I'm not sure. I I do want to be tested, though, for it, like the antibody test or whatever, just to see. Well, you got the vaccine, so. Oh, it'll show up no matter what? (laughs) Oh, fuck. Okay, well, there goes that theory, people. I keep an educated one around me just in case I have fucking dumb thoughts like that. (laughs) Moving on. Right. So then we got into January. And then into February, and it was getting closer, and then there was, like, a couple up in Washington, right? And then we're kind of, like, sitting here. What were you thinking at that time? Like, oh, fuck, here it comes, or? I mean, it 
was inevitable. Yeah. I, you know, when they first started talking about it and sounding the alarms, and then they had that Chinese doctor that was ringing the... That went missing? Yeah, ringing yep. the alarm and went missing. I was like, I mean, it's it's inevitable that, you know, all it's illnesses travel. track yeah. around the world. I mean, like, there's so many... There's no way to track... You know, people traveling, people yeah. travel everywhere, and it's not surprising that New York got hit the hardest because, yep. I mean, it's initially, such a, yeah. it's like an international market in yeah. New York. So. Yeah. And then we were watching everything going on in Italy and all that. And then, you know, fast forward, and um, we get to like March, and it's like, oh shit, it's here. Well, yeah, because we had March. We didn't shut down till like the end like of March. March? No, in the uh, beginning. It was like March 14, 15, 16, Because we there. had the party for my friend, you remember? And we were like, this might be the last party. Oh, right over here? Yeah. Yeah. That we might ever have. So I think by that time, we'd already... It was already hitting the yeah. U.S. I know it was like the March 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there, yeah. where we we got together at work and was like, well, this is what we're doing now. And we shut the shit down, and it went to telework. Must be nice. It was. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. It was so nice. I ain't going to lie. It was beautiful. The command actually did a pretty damn good job once they started doing it. I think they did it just in time. They did it right in time with along with the whole flatten the curve thing. And I think it, it really worked out pretty good for the command there. Well, I mean, your command understood how serious. Yeah, I'd say we had, a, we had a CO... Well, the CO, the CO and the XO, XO fleeted up and took over during it, like two months in during everything. But both of them were very serious about it. And being that it, it's the command that I was at is supposed to be the premier, you know, uh, space and warfare. Well, I you know, think tell them tell a war tell a cyber warfare which shit. You guys are supposed to be, you know. Like, uh, be the driving force in my new job. Don't bring that up. That, that has nothing to do with me now. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Okay, like, put in a trouble ticket. <laughs> okay. Don't uh, don't bring up that to yeah, me. And then I get somebody that doesn't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, you guys set it up. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Anyway. Off anyway, your soapbox, honey. So, what I will say is I think the, I think... Half of the military got it right, and then the other yeah. half was kind of lost in the. No, we're we are. You the signed military. up, yeah. You know, you need to be ready to go to work all the time. The pandemic doesn't exist here. I mean, you, the sailors are some of the most reckless people. Not saying the military. I'm just saying military people in general are very take risky behaviors yeah and i mean you're a lot of them are young so they don't know and that's understandable but that's where you got to think like we have a lot of sailors that you know are very risky so yolo we need, we need to take, <laughs> <laughs> take that into account yeah um we our command did good i think there's some commands out there that did not and i think if you talk to those people they'd say they uh had no choice that yeah. the mission had to get done or and some I, shit like I that. I think and it's hard when you're 
in an operational billet too yeah. to telework. Like there's no way around it. Like if you still have underway underway time, like how do you do underway time in a pandemic? Like and testing yeah. wasn't available, right? Yeah. So how do you cram people that you don't even know who are possibly positive? Well, and the hardest thing to do there is just to make the call like, well, we're confined to the ship for however well, long from now have on. Families, but you know, I mean, you can't. It just it doesn't matter at that point, right? Because you got to get them underway and keep them safe and whatever, whatever. But I think it was overall like pretty damn tough. I, I wouldn't wanted to be. Having yeah, to make like, that decision. I'm glad solu- I wasn't. There's really like no great solution to it. No, so not I, at all. So I totally understand it. Like I don't feel like commands failed no. at that. I yeah, feel I'm, like we just didn't know what to do. I mean, and I think it was, it's a lesson learned. Like, okay, we have to expect another pandemic sometime in our lives. So yeah, what are we going to do then? So, you know, where do you think we did in our own like at home command as far as being able to handle it? Like, what do you mean? At like home? at home, because like, at, at work, it's one thing, right? You just follow the rules and they put out guidance and you do it. But then when we're at home, it was me and you and just the kids. And yeah, I was teleworking like hundred percent pretty much. But like, you know, it was uh what back in March, April what was April. Yeah. When or April last year, when you know, no toilet paper, no food. I know Penny like, turned one. Yeah, Penny was turning one. It was my birthday. Yeah. So how do you how do you felt like we did handling it? What would you change? You know, in the next time or handle it the same or what? I mean, of course, there's all the apps now. You know, every marketplace yeah, it has some like kind. That they had to build it up, but like. So what do you, what do you think about it as you're going through it? Um, I think you know after that last party that we went to, we were like we should probably go to the grocery stores. Cause yeah, everyone like we had no food. Yeah. I I didn't think about groceries until like people were posting on social media like, oh my god, these stores are like ransacked. Yeah. And then I started freaking out because all I could think of, I didn't care if I didn't eat. I'm thinking about our kids. Like, mm-hmm. our kids need food. If we could get canned food, I don't give a shit. Like, we need food in the house because yeah. we were, we had nothing. You remember going to the exchange that first time? Yeah, I freaked out. All there was was corned beef because yeah. uh, St. Patrick's Day was coming up. So that's all the meat that they had left. Yeah, yeah The there's no fresh meat really. There was no meat, no. like barely any canned foods. Yeah, no pasta, like but no you, rice. You know what was crazy is like the stuff that was left over. I was like, oh yeah, this I could I could cook this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, grab whatever you think you can cook because I really don't know. Like, what and I was else. like, man, I, I could make a gourmet meal. Like, the, so something that we still have a good number of cans of it. Right, is the uh, canned chicken. Oh yeah, yeah, we do. And you're like, what? I think you were kind of like, what came, like, you were like, uh, okay, get it, get it, because it's I fucking don't care, food. It's food. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's chicken in a can. Like, I just need to throw this in pan, throw some spices on it, boom, tacos. Like, surprisingly, there was a good amount of tuna. Yeah. And the, yeah. And then that's the other thing. I was like, we, bought, we got, that. yeah, we got a bunch of tuna. 
I was like, damn, these motherfuckers don't like tuna? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's tuna. not the first thing I'm grabbing know, to eat, but, but if I gotta eat, then yeah, in I'll a pinch, eat, yeah, tuna. Even the uh, the tuna pouches ones, which now Michael likes. Oh yeah, yeah, you know that. And it, it just was crazy. And then the um, it might have been before that that first trip where we all went to the exchange uh, to the commissary. But then the other trip where I went to the Vons right here, I took all those pictures and how like Vons was empty. Yeah, and I think for a good three months. Me and you were going to the grocery stores, like, taking turns yeah. every day, pretty much. Yeah, just looking for, like, one or two things. Yeah, just... Or what, whatever we could yeah, get. Yeah, just... Not, like, scavenging. filling... Yeah, not filling up complete carts, but, like, hey, just go look for this. See yeah, what they so got. I was freaked out. This. I was scared. So, I was on a mission. Yeah. Every time it was my turn to go to the grocery store, and it would be, like, me coming off shift, I'd be like, oh, no one's going to wake up early and go to the grocery there's store. There's a line. And, oh, my God. There was, like, you Remember a line. those lines? Yeah, how ridiculous was that? What I I and went to Target like, for some. Uh, what did I go over well, there Target for? They would for? only let in like ten people at a time, yeah, and you yep. have to wait. Yeah, I was like freaking out. I was freaking out. I was like, "This is the end of the world." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I don't know." I don't think I was. I always feel comfortable in those like pressure need to perform and provide moments yeah like i didn't i was freaking out like within yeah but i knew what i had to do you know yeah but i knew i you know me knowing you i knew it was like heavy on you yeah especially when you know during that time you're also still in the icu yeah it was hard for me to deal with the icu than think about my family at home yeah because it was just like, man, I got to make sure that we are all okay. Like, I. Was your biggest fear bringing it home? Yeah, 100%. I, yeah. I mean, we can dive into the different months before I start talking about the ICU, unless you want to talk about it. Now. Well, no, I mean, we ain't got to go month by month. I'm just saying, like, you were in the ICU when it all started, like, from March, April, May until what? june sometime when you yeah I think chalked it up and it was like fuck this yeah we had our first case i think within a month or two of shutting down yeah and in my head i was just like here it goes this is the start and it really didn't hit so hard in the military hospitals because i mean you had to have tricare yeah but the doctors they they would moonlight still yeah. In the civilian hospitals. I think they mm. weren't allowed to for a little bit. And then. Then they needed to. Yeah. Or hospitals needed them to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then it was kind of like, well, we, we got to help out, especially locally. So they would tell us stories and then it would just, it would freak us all out. Because in the beginning, like, we had no idea. This wasn't just like flu. Like when we had that first patient, it was just like. Oh my God, this isn't just like a lung disease. This is like everything. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, not only was I scared of bringing it home. I mean, you saw I'd carry like three different outfits to work because I'd go into work in one outfit. I would change out of whatever I was wearing at work, put it in a trash bag. And then I'd have a new set of clothes 
for like everything, everything from my bra, my underwear, my well, then like you'd come straight home, and you would like you wouldn't even want me to talk to you. Yes, you would like walk to the laundry room, undress, put your clothes in the washer on that steam cycle, that sanitize cycle. And then you'd walk walk a little naked butt from the from the washer to go take your shower. <laughs> yeah, and then like sometimes as the kids were awake, like you'd be like get them. Yeah, I would say, keep them in the room because they'll always want to run. Oh, yeah, like you home. didn't even want to talk. Like no. that's how scared you were. Like you were afraid that if you talked, you're breathing it out into the air. Yeah, and I understood it, and you were totally valid. But I was just like, "Fuck, baby, you can say good morning." Like you're like I wasn't scared of you bringing it home. No, you weren't because no, I know you don't. I think I wasn't like, seeing it first person like yes, you. Yeah, so my perspective was just totally different. Yeah, because I mean everything from what we're being told at work. I mean, I was scared out of my mind, and I don't. There, like on a regular day pre COVID, I would go to work a little scared because if you're not scared you're not a you're there's something wrong with you as a nurse yeah you can be used to doing what you do every day like i'm used to oh my patient's about to die like i know exactly what to do i know what i'm looking for but with covid it's just like i have no idea i just know it's flu-like symptoms but everything is like flu-like well and then at that time early in it the symptoms were changing and, yeah. and moving and it was a moving target of like what the, what a symptom is yeah and the fact that we we had that one patient so many things were going on that we were like fuck this is not just a respiratory disease right. there's like other things going on and and like i was scared out of my mind because like if this patient codes i'm not just gonna run in there like without the gear I need. I mean, we would suit up. Yeah. Like. Which I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that. Like you had to wear your actual like delay. little bio suit thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if something was going wrong with the patient, there's a delay. Yeah. You know, and then on top of that, like, I think it was such an eye opener because at the time there was zero visitors. So all elective surgeries were canceled. So there was like. You know, journalists saying, oh, hospitals really aren't that busy. It's a hoax. Yeah, you remember that shit? When they'd have fucking people camping out at hospitals? I would get so upset because I don't think people understood. Like, if you're having an elective surgery and it's non-emergent, like, you don't need the surgery, you were canceled because there was that risk you could get COVID. Yeah, or Or bring more in. Right. Yeah. And we were just trying. I to, forgot about that. Yeah, that, that, and that was, was part of the whole hoax thing. Yeah, and going that was, on. That was really upsetting. I mean, there's a lot of things that people don't know what we were going through as healthcare workers. I'm not yeah. saying that you should feel sorry for us or we're heroes. Like I don't feel like I was a hero. Yeah. I mean, I was. I think that's the first time I ever felt like anxiety that bad. Yeah. And then I'm not going to lie, I think I have a little bit of PTSD from it because it's just, it's hard for me to talk about because of the dark place that I was in at the time. Yeah. Um, Because I can't really talk about the patient care, but yeah. what I can say is, I mean, patients were alone. 
Yeah. So if, yeah, I mean, people just, I mean, you can figure it out. And, and if you're listening, you know, go look for the news in it. And it's not a joke when they were reporting that patients were by themselves and saying you know, goodbye on iPad, FaceTime like, or whatever. FaceTiming and stuff. Yeah. Like whatever you see on the news, that was real. Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that we, we were going to work every day to see. Yeah. And that was so hard for me because like no one should die alone. Yeah, and it's and like you said, you don't get used to it, right? You don't but get used to it, but there are. It's you part know, of the job, right? Sometimes a patient is ready to go, and sometimes you lose a patient. And you would gather all the family, around right? Them. But when you can't have that, and it's just the patient, it's it's you know, you, it's all heartbreaking. But there's another level there, yeah. You know so that that the like, pandemic touched on, yeah. And I, I don't think people really understand like the the stuff the kind of stuff that we had to endure like emotionally yeah. and mentally it was draining yeah. because i mean you could tell i mean we were everyone from nurses doctors we were all scared so corman too in there right corman, yeah absolutely yeah. and it's it's just crazy to see like some people some of the corpsmen were fresh out of high school coming into mm-hmm. the pandemic and yeah. then you were teaching them how to just woman up, man up. Like you had to show that you weren't scared because if you're scared, everyone else around you is going to be scared. Yeah. And I, so it's one of those, like you bottle up everything that you're feeling and then it just, eventually it explodes. Right. And sometimes that exploded when you got home in the morning. Yes, yeah. Would you say, um, what was it, back in, what was it, 13, 14, when there's the Ebola worry and scare? Oh, and they put me on the Ebola team? They put you on the Ebola team? <laughs> I don't think people understand. There's some fears that I have, and Ebola is, like, number one on my fear, most feared list. Where does this compare to that? Because, obviously, Ebola did not break out here. It did on but, the East Coast. Well, not that bad. Not fucking corona oh no you know like if it would have there'd be fucking bodies everywhere like with assholes bleeding out okay we've all read the book i hope if you (laughs) have outbreak if yeah watch outbreak right so like you didn't get to touch it like that right you didn't or be touched by the ebola thing like that but i know your fear of that happening was very high does last year like trounce that now do you have is your biggest fear now like a second corona that is more lethal I think any pandemic yeah. is my worst fear because you something unknown is always like right around the corner. Scary. It's right, always yeah. scary because you don't know how to treat it. It's just like Ebola Ebola has been around for long time. How long and there's no like real treatment to it. I think now there is, which is why they were able to stop it, but Right. But if that shit gets out wild. But anything that is unknown is my biggest fear, like anything where the, you don't, you have no idea what the treatment is and you got to die alone. Like it's scary. Just, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. That was tough. Those first couple of months for you. I know Yeah, it was hard. So I would, I mean, I would come home and then sometimes I would wake up with like, you know, it was like allergy season too. So I would yeah. wake up with like a scratchy nose. <laughs> I'd be like, Corona, is that you? Corona, <laughs> is that you? <laughs> <laughs> or if I'd sneeze, I'd be like, 
fuck? Is this it? Is this <laughs> it? I mean, we can laugh about it now, but it was just so scary. What do you think about, you know, during that time, too, as we're laughing about it now? And we're not laughing about what happened and all that. It's just, you know, sometimes you got to make light of a situation which when, I mean, when you can in the future and look past on it. Right. When you got through the hard times. And again, that's not to say that we had the hardest of times, but, you know, laughter cures, you know, what about the when when those like TikTok videos were coming out of nurses? I hated it. Did doing dances. See? I mean, I didn't really watch any of them, but like nurses were really getting blasted for it. And it's like, so one minute they're the hero next minute they're having fun. So, you know, and, and one, two, there are two parts of it. Oh, there's the, the people that, Oh, see it's fake because they're having such a good time. And then also the like, Oh, look at them being so, you know, dishonorable and not fucking caring about patients and stuff. You know what I mean? So like, I don't think people understand that like nurses, they make light of all situations. Yeah. We just don't show it on video. And I think, I think personally, I'm not a fan. I was not a fan of nurses on TikTok. I think if you see, if you follow me on Instagram during the pandemic, all my jokes were like freaking stealing cat cards and stuff. It wasn't yeah. ever like, it wasn't ever like dancing or yeah. anything like that. Cause yeah. I didn't feel like that was appropriate. Right. But I, you know, it's okay to make light of situations, but. Like the TikTok dancing and stuff with like multiple people in it. That just really shows that like, yeah, we weren't super busy. But then when we did have a Corona patient, I mean, all of your staff is in that one room. But you can't show that on video. Yeah. Right? Only so, I mean, I can understand why the public thought that. Oh, there's a kid. I could understand why the public thought that nurses and Corona was a fake. So it's kind of one of those things like, was it really appropriate to do TikToks? It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, you could do videos, but just not those, you know? And like you said, the biggest part of it is like you can't show when the shit's hitting the fan. No. You're just showing the downtime of you getting through the shift for the next thing. Yeah, that that because, break of 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And a TikTok or anything, it was at 10 seconds, 15, 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. That's such a small time, you know. Of a 12-hour shift. Time stamp of yeah. a 12-hour shift. Yeah. When so much is going on. So, but I, I mean, I really didn't think it was appropriate. Yeah. But whatever. Everyone is their own. So then we, we progressed to the summertime and you came home one morning and you were like, fuck this, I'm done. Yeah, because I think if there's one thing I learned in my nursing career, it's like know your know your worth and your skill level. And it was really hard for me to walk away from a great team. I mean, it wasn't like I was leaving completely yeah. in... Like, I was leaving one great team, and I knew I was joining another great team because it's kind of like there was like a group of a group of ICU nurses that went off to start a new program and I just kind of joined in on it. So it wasn't like I was joining something completely new. It was like I was, these were my mentors in the past and I was just joining them. 
in their project. But I hope those kids roll back over and go to sleep. I don't know which one is that. It's Mikey. <laughs> Fuck. This kid might be thinking, oh, nap time's over. Time to party. So, um, I think I had a light bulb of a moment. I can't really discuss, yeah, yeah. like, you know, um, what exactly happened. But it was basically like, um, I think it's time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had been in such a dark place. For months, and I can't, it's affecting me at home, and when something starts affecting me at home to where I'm just, like, high anxiety, scared all the time, like, I can't, like, I can do it only for so long, and, you know, and don't get me wrong, I am a very, like, strong Resilient. Resilient nurse, like, I have seen a lot, and I have done so much in the ICU and it was a very hard decision because my goal was to be the old civilian in the ICU like oh yeah that was she used to be Lieutenant Moore like she's she's been here for a long time and she's like don't fuck with her and that was like the reputation that I was trying to build and um when I told them that I am leaving I mean, there was some tears shed, and that was, like, the hardest thing was to walk away from a job that I, like, loved. Because I knew what I was doing every day, and I, I loved the adrenaline. Yeah. But you know? did you feel like you were quitting on them during I that? I did. Like, during did. the hardest time? I did. I felt yeah. that I definitely felt like I was, and I'm not a quitter. Yeah. I don't quit. If I, if I leave, there's always, like, a... You feel that there's substantial and substantiated reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Because my past jobs, I was. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I know. And like, you don't got to go into all of it. I know some of it you kind of shouldn't. But, you know, it's just more like it, it was a hard time in the world. And, you know, I could definitely see it. I was feeling it at home with you. Yeah. And I, you know. Um, so when you came home that morning and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. And, you know, I text. I text homeboy and said, what's up? You got a job. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like, well, I mean, yes, we did discuss like, you know, um, if I take this job, this is how it's going to be. And I just need to know if, if it works for the family. You know, if you're paying the bills, it always works, babe. (laughs) It wasn't, to be fair, it wasn't just a decision I made on my own. It was discussed for 24 hours because I had to give an answer, like, right away. But, I mean, and and that's where, like, again, like, I don't, I don't know about your work. I can never do your job. You know, so it's like, it's one of those, I totally believe if you say this is the next best step, that's probably the next best step. And and more so, I understood completely, though, how you were at home and how scared you were and how it was affecting our marriage and just the family of, of you being so scared and the anxiety of like, oh, no, oh no, am I bringing it home? Am I bringing it home? Yeah. Is today the day I bring it home? So it was really hard on me because I think I hadn't really dealt with my grandfather's death. Yeah. That happened January. just before... Yep covid yep and then um it was like 
he passed away and I was working. I couldn't go back to the Philippines to see his funeral. And then um, a couple months later, COVID. Yeah. And it was just like, I was, I don't think I fully grieved. Yeah. And then here I am like trying to help save, other families yeah, help and them. then. You can't even grieve with them. Mm -hmm. Not that you sit there and cry with them in the room or anything, but you can, you can help them grieve just through connecting them, getting them in the room together, providing the best care. And then when you can't do that, I think because like I had to say goodbye through FaceTime. Yeah. Like I felt. Yeah. It was, yeah, it hit extra hard. Yeah. So, and it was like constantly. So I just, like, it was hard, even though, like, I have, you know, I've experienced all that in the past. It, like, the pandemic was different. Yeah. It was just that much sadder. So, I think, I think I got to the point where I was like, fuck this. Like, I know there will be an end to all this, but I can't, I can't be unhappy for that long. Yeah. So you needed to end it, yeah, and not wait for it to end, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you know, y- you did that, and then it, it it became summertime, and it seemed like the the panic was mostly over, right? Uh, as far as COVID, we as just, far as groceries, I mean, it was. I mean, it was like the eye of the storm. Yeah. Really. So March, April, May, two months in, everyone had caught the battle rhythm. Everyone had stocked up on toilet paper. Now we had about five hundred million rolls. Sitting in the garage, right? <laughs> People don't know I was literally on Amazon every night yeah. looking for toilet paper. You were on every website every yes, night. Yes, and Office as, Depot, as Target, soon as I saw whatever. it available, I was like, and the best time to shop was night shift. So as soon as I saw it Pro available, <laughs> buy, buy, buy yeah. instantly. So we're always good on that. But then, you know, the second part of, of 2020 or second, maybe yeah, second part, right. Uh, the, the, the protests slash riots happened after like George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't that bad here. You know, it was over there. And what I was at uh, La Mesa or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. Where they kind of oh, got no, crazy. Downtown that, it got crazy. Well, no, downtown was just the uh, protests. But it was like out there in uh, La Mesa or wherever that was, where they actually like, burned that. Oh yeah, yeah. That little shopping center or bank or whatever it was or something. But like as we were watching it, you know, everything, both sides, protests and riots. Right, we stayed up some nights watching it, kind of just wondering what was going to happen. L.A., you know, and how how was that like affecting you during like also corona stuff you know were you kind of just sitting back and watching like fuck this is all fucked up or were you did that add like extra gas to to the fear fire both i mean like uh i didn't know it was kind of like damn like what's next yeah we got all these riots going on and it just wasn't getting any better but then it it almost felt like it needed to happen. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, it was almost like a, it was bound to happen at some point. It was just like, it, it just so happened during the pandemic. So, I mean, 
it was scary because you just don't know what neighborhood it's going to go through and you would hope that, you know, your areas are safe. Yeah. And that people would just peacefully protest. Yeah. I mean, riots are always bound to happen. Yeah, you know, I guess there was one night. I guess they did go... I don't think it was riots, though. I think it was just a really late-night San Diego protest, right? Or yeah, was that here, was, or am I tripping? There was downtown. It was while yeah. I was at work when it happened downtown. Yeah, that was um, that was crazy. And it was one of those, like, you know, you could totally understand all the protests. And the, I mean, you could even understand some of the riots, you could say. But it, it was somewhat scary to, to watch the level that it was taking place across the nation to the, uh, to the degree that the, you know, both sides were, were meeting, especially, you know, um, in some of the more major cities like uh, really towards the East coast, like New York and everything where you started seeing police like ram through protesters and stuff. And it was like, wow, this is really getting out of hand on both sides, on all sides. That's how I thought of it. Right. It's like, holy shit. You know, you got these people beating these people. You got these cops running over the, you know, these people like, um, it was quite wild. It was quite wild. And the whole time I was really just kind of hoping and wondering if everyone was going to start turning into zombies. Cause I was prepared for that. <laughs> oh yeah. And there was like an ammo. There's still an ammo shortage. Isn't yeah. There? Not in this house. <laughs> wink, wink. But yeah. And, you know, it was just crazy, and, you know, that that was the summertime, right? And then, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It was just, it was crazy watching watching all that violence, because no matter how you put it, right, it was all violence happening out there on those streets. And, um, yeah, there's, I mean, I, th- I think, I wouldn't say I was scared at all, but I, you could definitely see me how I, I was prepping for it. Right, like I, I was looking. All right, well, if they end up wanting to come through the suburbs over here in Otai, you know, I hope, like you said, you hope they come from peacefully. Yeah, but, like I mean, protests definitely needed to happen for sure. Um, and again, it's not about that. It's just it's about the other parts that were violent that started taking place at night. And it's like, what neighborhood are they going to try to go through? And yeah, I, or you have like innocent bystanders, yeah, getting hurt. And I'm just a person of like, I don't care what you're doing, just don't do it at my house. Yeah, and and don't do it where I feel like my family's, you know, uh, uh, what do you say, uh, being threatened. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, but still, I think that would, I think it was still a bit of a wake up call. Um. To be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, we could jump forward a, a little bit in all of it. Just kind of like, we've really taken a preparedness, like, stance now in the house, right? Yeah, we went from, like, no food to a cop. We, we got a freezer, <laughs> right? We got the, so we always had an outdoor beverage fridge. But there was a freezer There's shortage. There's a freezer so- shortage. And when did I, I didn't get it till August, I yeah, think, July we or were, August. We were like waiting. Yeah, I was looking since May and then finally pulled the trigger one on one in like June, late June or July. It took like a month to deliver. But now we got the extra freezer. We got the extra fridge. Then bitches stay stocked. The fridge mostly with beer and drinks, but. Yeah, it's. 
It's because I remember the feeling of that, oh my God, there's no food in the stores. Yeah. And I never want to go through that shit. We ain't got food in the house. Like, I never want to feel that yeah. way again. Because it was a scary feeling. Like, my kids need to eat. Everybody's kids need to eat. And then on top of that, there was like shortage on diapers and wipes. wipes. I remember I went to the exchange and there were no wipes and I was fucking pissed. Yeah. I was like ready. I was like, if I catch someone with a cart full of wipes, I'm taking them. (laughs) I'm going, not all of them, but I'm like, excuse me, I'm jacking you. So I stay stocked on everything now. But I mean, isn't that, doesn't that speak to like, yeah, we're talking about preparedness and and how we're more prepared now in, in various aspects right but also it's like didn't expose us humans as like just these fucking like we're one a bunch of dirty little fucking snot-nosed snot-fingered little dirty hamsters right because no one wanted to wear masks and everyone's spreading little fucking cooties and not washing their hands and it exposed us in that way but then also in the like greedy selfish only looking out for themselves well buys you know when panic hits everyone is it's like survival of the fittest it's kind of like a uh lizard brain reaction no it's uh what do you call that here it comes fight or flight oh i was gonna say here comes the big word of the week <laughs> ostentatious <laughs> no yeah fight it's, or flight yeah, that's fight or something flight. a little so, bit like that yeah it's just like you know just like when a tornado is about to hit everyone hits the stores and buys all the water right yeah but like how much water do you need how much you know exactly. stupid, how much water do you how, need? Much, how toilet much toilet paper? paper do you need how much toilet paper like that's just a natural reaction if i ran out of toilet paper guess what i do I waddle my ass to the fucking shower and I take an extra shower. <laughs> yeah, if worse comes to worse, yeah, you do that. But it was crazy, like, you know, the hand sanitizers, like people reselling the shit online. Well, there was also um, people making, like, toxic hand sanitizers. Have you heard of that? It was, no. like, in the news where there was, like, toxic amounts of... I forgot. Alcohol or some isopropyl? No, it, they used something else. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it was like poisoning people. Oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not good. I mean, anything to make a buck during yeah. the pandemic, right? But I mean, like, you know what I mean, though, when I'm talking about how, like, it really exposed us, um, all the world, but Americans especially. I just got to say, this is um, crazy, but... When I took the NCLEX, which is boards for nursing, um, the, I think this was like one of the questions, what is the best way to control infection or what's the best? Wash your hands. Hand washing. Hand washing. Yeah. Literally hand washing. So to prevent spread of any illness or infections you fucking wash your hands like it's not that hard and it's something so simple Mm -hmm. that a lot of people forget to do like if you you came from outside and you're about to come in the house and eat do you wash your hands yeah 
not everyone does. Dirty hamsters. Yeah. You got to think, like, when, you, when you're when you going to the store and you're touching all these things, like, ooh, this is cute. This is cute. How many hands? Thought it was cute. Yeah. yeah we keep that sanitizer in the fucking <laughs> trucks now at all times. Yeah, and then, like, pumping gas. How many hands are on that pump? Yeah, how many fucking dirty hands are scratching their ass before they touch that pump? You yeah, know? and then um, people want to say, oh... How come people aren't reporting the flu? Because you know what? We're clean for once. We're hand sanitizing. We're wearing a mask. Yeah. And people don't understand that the flu is spread by droplets. So when you're wearing a mask and you're hand hand sanitizing and then stores are frequently wiping down their stuff and their carts or whatever. Just sanitizing more regularly. Boom. Yeah. You have no A cleaner. Yeah. Or no flu to a lot of like yeah. less flu. I mean, but there there were cases. Yeah, you know, there were cases of flu and corona, but people want to think that's a hoax. So I just like I said, my thing is like I I was very frustrated the whole year, especially early, right when you couldn't find anything. Those first three months, yeah, it was with very with the and then selfishness yeah. of people. And then it was very frustrating when um, there was, like, a lot of opinions coming out Yeah. about just all the events that were happening throughout the pandemic. And it really makes you realize, like, I think it was, like, a year of realizing, like, who are the good people yeah. in, your, in your circle. Yeah. And I think that was a hard lesson very hard lesson for me because I feel like, you know, if your friends or family, like, it's almost like, what the fuck? What the fuck yeah. are you saying? Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'll say it, like, I haven't talked to my parents in a year now because of some of the shit that happened during the pandemic, corona and otherwise related. I have no problem saying that. But it, it all stems from, like, those, you know, from the news cycle kind of that of things that were being put out there and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it, you know, but like when they visit, when my parents visited right at the beginning of it, it was like February, March. You remember that? And, and we were sitting there and they were like, Oh, it's <laughs> our previous president was on the news talking about how it was <laughs> just the next democratic hoax to make him, you know, not do well. And you can argue whatever you want about that. I'm not here to argue about that. Right. But my mom sat there saying, yeah, it's just a hoax. They're making it up. Talking about, like, the specific virus, that it wasn't real. And then we had, you know, the whole year to deal with that. And it was like, what? <laughs> I'm not sure still what's a hoax about it. But, um, you know, to some people, if it doesn't hit close to home, yeah. um, they don't know how bad it could get. Because, I mean, there's two spectrums, you know. Some people have mild symptoms, mm-hmm. which we'll say majority. Majority yep. of the people have mild symptoms. But that 1% that gets sick, they get really sick. And some of them have no comorbidities. By that, I mean they don't have, like, pre-existing yeah. conditions. And it's shocking when you have, like, a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old that's, like, super sick like that and you're just like 
Like, you just don't know how it's going to hit you. You know what I mean? And that's what's scary is you could be extremely healthy and it still gets you really bad, you know? Yeah, and it's, you know, if you numbers-wise, you break it down, you look at it and you're like, damn, it's not that bad, right? Yeah. Under 1% or something. But then, you know, why don't you tell that to the families that lost someone to COVID? Yeah. Like, they're, they'll tell you that's still totally different le- That's story. still less than 1% too much. Yeah. You know, and, and if in the grand scheme of things... If you run the numbers and do like one percent of the three hundred and thirty five million, what is that like still uh three million people or something right or is that ten percent it's ten percent no you're the numbers guy I don't know I'd have to do the math do the math someone check that for me out there in podland, but you know what I mean like one percent of a of a shit ton of people is what it's still a shit ton of people yeah. And then, it, you know, it's hard to hear, you know, when um, when family members are saying, oh, it's a hoax. Yeah. It's fine. We'll be fine. You don't know if you're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. You, I would hope you are, but you can't say it's a hoax. Yeah. You can't say the things that I've seen, me and my colleagues have seen, yeah. is all a hoax. Yep. Like, you can't say that because yeah. then you're saying my anxiety was there's, real. Because now there's, like, a firsthand experience that says, nope, it's not a hoax. Yeah. Versus no experience watching the news saying it's a hoax. Yeah, so, I mean, if you come to me and you tell me, oh, it's not that serious, it's not that bad, like, aren't you used to it, you're cut. Like, get out of my life. Yeah. The other thing, too, of it is something that... um I understand, but I guess I have a hard time understanding was a lot of people being comfortable and taking the, um, well, if it's my time, it's my time. I, I'm like, the uh, I guess, what would you call it, like laissez-faire about it? Like, it's not a big deal, right? I could die any day. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could die driving to work. I could die here. I could die there. It's not a big deal. So if this is how I've been chosen to die to catch it, then... Then that's you know yeah and then but people, so I can understand that right but it's like why would you take the stupid choice and increase your risk right yes you could drive in a car accident does that mean you don't wear your seatbelt all the time well yeah that's almost like um sure you caught it and then you it was your time but who have you passed it on to right you know in the process right. And then, then the only thinking you could do is like, well, if anyone catches it, then it's their time. So what do you do? You just go and you try to spread it to see if anyone catches it to see <laughs> if it's their time. Like you're just fucking. I mean, I get it. What, like, Some what are you people, doing? I mean, you don't know if you're spreading it. And, right. Yeah. You know, but you, you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not your well, fault. But if you're purposefully not taking the. Um, right. The precautions to prevent it. Right. Then, I mean, that's pretty fucked up. And, and, you know, that goes, so then if we, like, go back to the timeline of things and we're, like, at the end of summer, when did we do Penny's birthday? Like, June or July, right? June. June, yeah. So we went through July into August. Things were getting better as far as just day-to-day. I think by then, definitely, we had a routine, right? Things were getting better at home. Yeah. But not like worldwide. 
(laughs) (laughs) Stay stress free. Gentlemen, keep your ladies stress free. But um, after I left the ICU, it was like a big weight came off of me. I was sad. I was sad because like, man, like how do you leave such a great crew? Like we knew each other. For a long time. Yeah, for a long time. We've been through a lot of shit together. And it was just like if a patient was crashing and burning, we'd all go into the room. And we all knew. We didn't even have to say, oh, you got this. You got this. We would just go in and just knew. Yeah. But what what did you think? Like, did you feel, so you're in, you're in the new job. Corona's still happening. It's still popping off pretty good. But you could get toilet paper regularly. Everything had like all everything has figured every, yeah. yeah. Day to day life and, and and reaction had come down. Panic had come down and kinda of leveled out. Were you were you feeling pretty good about just everything then? Or or you know, how how worried were you about like the day to day catching it and all that shit? I was so worried, but I don't think I was as worried because we pulled Mikey out of um School? Yeah. School daycare? Yeah. And then we were all just kind of at home. And I think because we already had a routine. Yep. And then I was pretty much stress-free. Like, I was, I pretty much have a desk job now. So I just go to work, come home, and I'm like, what's up? What are we doing today? Yeah. Yeah. me a drink drink. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess that was about the time, huh? Where we went through our heavy drinking phase. <laughs> it wasn't heavy drinking. It oh, was like... man, it was so... No, no, but we was fucking getting <laughs> lit. Every night you're off. It was so fun, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Uh, kids went to bed at a decent hour. Then I think maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but we were on that Rita's fucking margarita tip. Yeah. yeah we until were. we figured that maybe we shouldn't be. <laughs> and then we just went back to wine and... Tequila and shit, yeah, and whiskeys. Not even just like once a month. Yeah, well, we've. I, I think it was just like the celebration of because we did. We went hard for probably a month or two there, where we're like every night you're off, we partied. Yeah, because it was more yeah, and like, as a family too, just yeah. like movie night, everything. We still do that, but like once the kids were asleep, we're popping the drinks and having a couple drinks. Yeah, because it was more like ah, oh, finally, like I feel. Safe again, yeah, and like, like free that. of the stress, yeah, and the anxiety, and yeah, yeah, that was fun, yeah, yeah. We still do we it, still have fun, yeah. But I mean, it was just like that was fun to have that moment last year where we could just like unwind it and just be like, oh, this is good, yeah. Because I thought it was great that you could telework pretty much a hundred percent of the time, yeah. So while people were getting tired of their spouses at home, I was happy because. Um, we spent, what, like nine or ten years of you being gone all the time? Yeah. Or I finally have you home all the time. And people would be like, wow, that's like the complete opposite. Like, wouldn't you want him to leave? And I'm like, no, he freaking, like, I got the best sleep of my life because he was at home with the kids. I could just sleep. Yeah. Like, I'm not sleep deprived. I think that was like the best sleep I've since it was we good. had kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it was great because I was teleworking like all the fucking time. Yeah. Like maybe once or twice I went into work every other week or something. Yeah. And I think at that point I was 
a little worried about us, but we were mostly okay. But then I was worried more so about my parents yeah. in Hawaii and then my brother. Because, yep. I mean, they were taking proper precautions, but, you know, I always worry about family. Yeah. You know, so. When, I mean, I'm fucking tired of it. I think you are too. Well, yeah, I think everyone But is. I've been tired of it, I think, for a bit longer. When when are you just now growing like tired of it, or have you been like fucking over all this shit? Well, now we got like regular traffic. So <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, but I mean, yes, I am tired of it. So hold on, hold on. Okay, so vaccinations came out in like December. December. You're vaccinated in December, first dose. Yeah, it was like late, late the, December. Yeah, and the second dose in January because you're. A fucking worker, a medical worker. <laughs> Make sure I clarify that. <laughs> you're a medical worker and you're at the hospital saying, you know, first come, first serve for you, right? You need it. Priority. Cool. After that, were you, is that when you're like ready to take the gloves off and be like, I'm fucking done. I don't need this mask anymore. I'm fucking I'm vaccinated. And, or were you still more along the lines of like be safe until CDC started dropping guidelines i am still taking precautions even though i'm fully vaccinated i still plan on taking precautions like i'm not gonna wear a mask pumping gas or walking to my car like if i'm in a grocery store or uh or the exchange or something i'm still gonna wear a mask because There are, I mean, if we're supposed to go on the honor system of if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Honor system. I don't trust people. Yeah. I mean, you, you just, I just don't trust people. And then with our kids not being vaccinated, I'm still worried about them, even though they say children um, show very mild symptoms. I'm not going to test that with the kids. Um, so yeah, I'm still taking precautions. Like I have no problem wearing a mask because even pre COVID that's, we would wear masks for sick patients and during sterile procedures. So it's really no different. Except you're wearing it in public all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, like I've told you and you already know, I'm like, after I got vaccinated, I was over it before then, but then I got vaccinated. And I was like, hey, fuck that mask. But, I mean, I do believe that the vaccines work. Yeah. And, but there's, you still have that chance of catching it. Yeah. So, for me, I don't want to catch it, take it home. But, like, the chances of me catching it are a lot lower now than I'm fully vaccinated. Right, right, right. That. But if I wear the mask, then I know that I am definitely low risk of catching it, which is just my train of thinking. And I just want to be, like, clear. I'm all for the mask all last year. I'm just over fucking wearing the thing now. Right? Like, at some certain point, like, I just not don't want to wear it anymore once I'm fa- vaccinated. And hopefully more people get vaccinated, you know? But that's that's the problem, is there's not enough people vaccinating what do you think the problem with that is like do you think 
people just don't trust it because it's not fully FDA approved? Do you think it's like the conspiracies that they're tracking you? <laughs> like, what do you think in the, in just your opinion, right? Non-scientific opinion of, of those that don't want it. Well, it's hard for me to think of it non-scientifically, but. No, well, I'm saying like, just think of it like those people that don't want it. I like it's. That, I don't think it's based on science. Yeah, I think it's because it's not like it hasn't gone through its actual trials, like other vaccines have. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in other pandemics, I mean, did it truly go through all the trials before it went out to the public? That's you my question to people: Is like, what do you know about any other vaccine that you've ever taken? Um. But, you know, it's funny when people say, oh, they put a tracker in you. It's just like your phone is a fucking tracker. <laughs> like, are you? Do you use Google? <laughs> yeah. Did you see the. And we're back from that short intermission. We are live in the studio with children. But so we we're talking about. um, uh, I don't know. We're talking about something about the vaccine. I don't know. Oh, what do I think about um, people not people getting aren't it. getting vaccinated? But like you said, like so, I think one of the last things I said was, you know, what do you ever like? What ha- what have you ever known about the vaccines you you've taken? Just you know what I mean. So, it's just like what what is your scientific research into all the vaccines that you've I mean, ever taken? Was I a little skeptical in the beginning? Yes, but then. Um, I did do my own research on top of talking to other people and by other people like I have that access to infectious disease doctors where you can straight up ask, hey, what do you think about this? I mean, they're not going to sit there and tell you, yes, you should get the vaccine, but they'll drop their knowledge on, oh, yeah, this it's actually been around for this amount of time and it was originally um, being studied for this, but it actually ended up helping with, and you're talking about the mRNA yeah, like if uh, you look sequencing at, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Developed by DOD, I believe. Department of Defense. So I was just like, now I feel so much better about getting it. Yeah. Um, but like the average person doesn't have that access to people with research. And they'll probably say, oh, it's part of their agenda. You know, they want you to get. But to me, it's just like you. I think it was just so political yeah, that people don't trust, like, anything that comes out by government. Mm-hmm. Sentence enhancers. <laughs> Say in quotations, anything put out by the government. It's kind of just like, I don't trust anything that they say. And, you know, and to be fair, the WHO in the CDC haven't been the most what's the word accurate yes truthful truth (laughs) forthcoming forthcoming professional in information and it's kind of like uh objective why should i trust you you know like the trust was lost so long ago that you know no matter what solution they came up with it's kind of like are you sure yeah are you sure are you sure because you said coronavirus wasn't serious, but here we are. <laughs> so it didn't come from a lab? 
So Oopsie. I I totally understand it. And then I just, I think my biggest pet peeve is when anti-vaxxers are saying, you shouldn't get the vaccine because of this and this and this. And then you have pro-vaccine people saying, you should get the vaccine because of this, this, and this. It's kind of just like you guys are the same. Right. Those are the same, but on the opposite. You sound like fucking meat eating people versus uh, vegetarian people. Like to me, it's screaming the same shit. To me, it's kind of like a no brainer to go get vaccinated. But I'm not going to sit there. It's almost like religion, right? Um, I am a Christian, but I'm not going to sit there and tell you you should be Christian because of this. It's almost like. That would be like me saying you should go get vaccinated. It just doesn't work when you tell right. people you should go get vaccinated. No, it's like you should read into it and figure out if it's right for you. Right. Or you should talk to a doctor. You're, yeah. Call your doctor for more information on <laughs> getting vaccinated and find out if vaccination is right for you. Yeah. And then, I mean, we can't get herd immunity until enough people get vaccinated and people are not getting vaccinated. So we'll never reach herd immunity. And the virus, because it was a pandemic, it's never going to be eradicated. It's always going to be there. It's always it's going to mutate like any mm-hmm. other virus. So, this, I mean. This year's flu vaccine will have, well, either be the flu vaccine worked with some new corona shit in it or it'll be you need to get another corona shot and a flu shot a booster a booster shot yeah um but i just don't see the point in shaming each other yeah because that's why people don't want to do it because it's even more like i'm defiant i'm not going to do what you say right yeah 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 and i don't like i said so you know it's the same for the military. Military, of course, is under big, like, I guess you could say scrutiny because it's a choice, right? Because it's not FDA approved. So they've given people the choice. And there are people that have chosen not to get it. And that's fine. I don't talk to them about it. You know, I've had a couple that, like, have kind of, like, gone off on me a little bit about, oh, they're not getting because I'm a fucking test trial monkey. And, you know, letting them know how I'm feeling in 10 years when I got a head growing out of my ass or some some shit, right? (laughs) I was just like, hey, man, I didn't fucking ask you. I'm not telling you to get it. I didn't ask for your opinion. I'm not giving you opinion. I just need a fucking data call. (laughs) Just yes or no, (laughs) motherfucker. get it or not? (laughs) Yeah, just do you want it or not? That's all I'm fucking asking so I can put your name on a list. But, um, you know, that, that's, that could. And when anti-vaxxers spread information, um, sure, what you got is information, um, and it just sound, and then you got the pro-vaxxers trying to explain that the more sound reasons of why you should get it. I mean, like I said, they they both sound the same. Yeah. They're both screaming at the far end of the... Damn, is that Michael again? Yeah. What's he doing? Is he playing with the Spider-Man and Iron Man? No. I closed the door. Oh, okay. He's screaming out the door probably. All right, and... uh with that, babe, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I say like the year was full of roller coasters and hard lessons. So, cheers to 
a great year this time. Cheers to being, uh, well, not quite halfway done with 2021 yet, but fucking we're in the month number six already, right? Yeah. Approaching the back half of it, and uh, let's just keep it going. And yeah. um, you want to go have a drink? Watch a movie? Fuck it. All right, hey, thanks for tuning in. Read us. <laughs> we still got some. Let's go ahead and get that. I appreciate everyone for stopping in and taking a listen again. And uh, and Nikki's in the background still going by muted her. <laughs> hey, but don't forget for more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm backslash Bravo Zulu podcast. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.